Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Mary Landrum Pyron is the owner and artist behind ML Provisions. Her unique talents, vision, and sense of adventure led her to Wyoming for five years, where she learned the art of hat making. She's returned to her Mississippi roots and is now the only custom felt hat maker in the whole state. Meet us at the table as we meet the maker. And I'm Laura Beth, and we are Steel Magnolias, the strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South, and we've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Hey guys, before we introduce you to today's maker, we wanted to let you know that you are invited to celebrate with us. Next week, we are crossing the 200th episode mark for Steel Magnolias, and we want to celebrate with you. So join us at the factory at Franklin at the brand new Skylight Bar on Sunday, April 30th from 4 to 6. We'll be there and we want to give the first 15 of you an official Steel Magnolias podcast t-shirt. So mark your calendars and we'll see you next week. All right. Well, Lainey, this was a little gem that you found. How did you even find Mary Landrum? I'm not sure how I came across her, but I was just so drawn in by her um, vibrant personality, her sense of adventure. I loved that she was young and so cute. Um, so when I went to her website and kind of started looking around, I loved her slogan of inspired by the West made in the South. Mm, and yes. so I loved her story. She had grown up in central Mississippi, did a lot of hunting and fishing with her father grandfather um just that's i guess what their family did was spend a lot of time outside yeah as well as she had a mother and grandmother that were really good cooks and she saw the beneficial side of feeding people you love yeah yeah. so she when it came time for college decided to go into hospitality management yeah and after that was kind of drawn to that western lifestyle of being outside on horseback and fly fishing and she um went out to wyoming and worked at a guest ranch and that's where she fell in love with hats and so i loved that inspired by the west made in the south idea yeah of coming back to her roots to do what she had learned out there which was hat making it's pretty awesome to see a a 
woman that is highly adventurous, hunts turkeys, but also has a great fashion sense. I know. And, and these are just a lovely girl. I mean, she's got that oh, gorgeous yes. smile, gorgeous curly hair. Yes. Like, just precious. She's so friendly. So she's a great entrepreneur. She's she really, really doing is. it. She's just in her late 20s. So I'm really proud of her. So now a hat, even though it's very functional piece of an outfit for someone who's adventuring, mm-hmm. it can be so much more than that. And that's yeah. what Mary Landrum really found was that she can bring in personal touches, make this wearable art. And it is. For someone. Yes. And so, yeah. I can Personalized. Very personalized. You picking, you know, not just colors, but textures and feathers and ribbons all kinds of things Mm -hmm. that you can do to make it your own yeah yeah and this truly is more than just an accessory that you add in with your all your others in your collection this is like something that can reflect your life and even be something that you pass on for sure truly like an heirloom yes which is so special yes this is not something you just decided off the cuff to to pick up right this is intentionally made created with thought and intentionality for you yes and then she even has some people who have now number two or number three hat yes you know to go in a different direction yeah really cool you made a hat. Do you want to I tell did. everybody a little bit about what you decided on or some of the color yeah. that you, you ended up with? I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but I just kind of, in the moment, felt like, no, I'm going to do this. I think this is going to be really, really special. So she helps you a lot if you're in person. Yes. Now, this is something you can do by sending in a measurement if you want to just do it that way. And that's still personalized, but it was really helpful for me, knowing how well she knows hats, to try on a couple and yes. say, okay, I like this style and this style. Which one do you think looks better yes. on me? These hats are, um, I mean, there's so many different color directions you can go. I ended up going with, it's kind of a shade of green. Yeah, which looks good with your blue-green eyes. Yeah, and so, yeah, I ended up picking a color and style shape that looked good on me. And then that you kind of start building from there. Yep. Do you want it to have ribbons? Do you want it to have feathers? Mm-hmm. The feather part was fun for me because I was trying, I was picking out some different ones. She was working on something else on the hat. Yeah. And I happened to pick up, because she had feathers in different sections yeah. of the room. And I happened to pick one up and she said, I just killed that turkey I'm letting that dry out, but you can use it if you want to. Wow. And I said, oh, did you, is this all stuff that you've hunted? And she said, no, some of it's store-bought. And I was like, well, I want something you caught. So I'm using this feather. I love it. I love it. Well, you have ended up with an extremely good-looking hat that I think you're going to wear a lot. And we'll segue now to the actual experience that we got to have there in Crystal Springs. There is a little outside exterior noise because the hat making, they don't have time to stop the hat making. And so if you there's do steamers, hear some. There's irons. Yeah. There's just yeah. some of the machinery. Sanding. Yes. I didn't know you sanded hats. Yeah. You'll have to follow us on Instagram at Steel Magnolias Podcast because we're going to, we've captured such great content from our visit. So if you're not already following us, do that so you can actually visually see, see some of this process. It's awesome. 
The other special part, just before we jump in, is that Mary Landrum was there with her sister, Elizabeth, that often works alongside her, and then their dear friend, Rosa. But just seeing the sisterhood that they work alongside each other in a business was such an extra and special the women piece for us. These girls are killing it. Yeah, they were. It was just, you know, women doing machinery and yeah. hand making all this. It was fascinating. So without further ado, here is our time spent with ML Provisions in Crystal Springs. All right, Mary Landrum, tell us where we're standing. So you are in a 175 year old barn in the middle of nowhere, Crystal Springs, Mississippi. We're about 30 minutes south of Jackson, right off of I-55. This is my family's um, timber farm and hunting land, and I'm excited to have y'all in today and show y'all the process of how we make the hats. I am so excited to be here. So yeah, show us around. So we start with the raw felt. Um, we get these from two different factories, and we make 50X hats, which is four ounces of beaver, four ounces of rabbit, and we'll take that felt and we'll block it to whatever head size you are. We also uh, produce 100% beaver hats, but those are, um, you cut, you order those a little differently, so we are, those are made to order. Now, I am not a hat connoisseur, so is this something I could wear out in the rain? I mean, do I need to be careful if I'm in elements? So I say you can wear it in the rain as long as you want to be in the rain. Uh, some people can stand the rain a little bit longer than yeah, others. Yeah. Um, over time, it'll affect the shape, sure. but you can just get it reshaped. But it's a 50X hat, um, so it is very durable. If it's just a light little rain drizzle, you're fine. If it's a monsoon, um, it will well, yeah, change the shape a little that. bit. But if you do get caught out in the rain, I say um, never take a hair dryer to it and then Flip the sweatband up to let that leather dry so it won't shrink. Okay. So we'll start by taking that raw felt and blocking it to whatever head size you are. We can make a hat from a six and a half all the way to a size eight. And uh, this is my favorite piece of equipment. This is called a finger blocker. It was built in 1860s and it is new to us. We've had it for about a year in um, April. And so this piece of equipment has allowed us to kind of grow at the rate that we are. We can block two full size runs in about 15 minutes, whereas by hand, uh, how we used to do it, it'd take us about 30 minutes per hat. So we will start by steaming it. This is my prized possession. I never dreamed that I'd be able to get my hands on one of these. So I'm so thankful that I have it. How did you learn this? Well, what got you interested in hats? Can we start there? So I graduated from Ole Miss in 2016 and I moved out to Jackson, uh, Wyoming, or originally started an encampment, Wyoming, after college. And I was the expedition chef and caterer on the guest ranch. And uh, they encouraged us to wear hats as part of our uniform. And one hat led to another. I was cooking um, over the open fire, doing, making, uh, eggs and bacon and we cooked biscuits up top and uh, when we were out there the hats were very functional we would get really warm there in the sun and so the hats would protect us from the elements and one hat led to another and I started buying 
custom hats and I was still wearing hats uh, every day and then I decided that I wanted to learn how to make the hat. Okay. Yeah, so I worked a bunch of different jobs there and I was working at a florist and then I was tired of doing that job and so I reached out to a lady who had just started making hats and I asked if she was hiring. She said, yes, I need to hire somebody. And so I started working there and after about a week or two, she told me, hey, you're kind of catching on. You should train under the guy that trained me. And that was the best thing that happened. Oh, Learning okay. under him, he is an incredible skilled hat maker and he uh, trained me and then I went back to work for her and I worked for a year and a half. And after that year and a half, um, I started thinking about doing my own thing and she wanted me to sign a non-compete and a few mm -hmm. other things in the um, contract and I just decided that it was time for me to give her my two weeks notice and I decided to go out on my own. Uh, originally I thought I'd do a mobile shop um, and stay out there during peak season and then pull it back south in the off season but housing is really hard to come by there and I didn't want to you know wake up one morning being 40 years old still paying rent not able to get ahead so I decided that Mississippi was calling I wanted to watch my nieces grow up besides FaceTime and my parents aren't getting any younger so I made that decision to move back to my hometown where I never thought I'd live and decided to make hats on my family property uh, in a 175 year old barn and you've been doing it for how many years now? So okay. I started in October of 2019, but I made my first hat under my own brand in July of 21. You go girl. Yeah, it was, I was very nervous. So April of 21, I moved back to Mississippi and I cried for pretty much two months straight. <laughs> I went from skiing every day, fly fishing, hiking, uh, hanging out with friends, laughing a ton to uh, being back, I was living with my parents at the time while I was trying to figure out where I wanted to live and get things set up. And I wasn't sure at that moment if I'd made the right decision. And uh, the Lord just opened doors and one thing started happening and then the next. And when we finally got this up and running, we've been rocking and rolling since. Now, if somebody can't come here to get a custom hat, can they still get one of your hats? They can. Um, so there they could catch us at a pop-up uh, that's the best place if you can't come to crystal springs but i encourage everyone to come to crystal springs because it's worth it to see the hat uh, come alive right before you we'll shape it seam it work it design it with you in the studio um, and it has a little more meaning to it than when you just see it on instagram or it arrives at your doorstep for sure and you're picking out each of the little pieces and that's uh, the fun part right now my hats are available in Nashville at South Hall, and then there's a store in Raymond, Raggio Mercantile, who also carries my hats. And throughout uh, the year, we pick up other places, but that's where you can get them right now. So after we let the hat dry overnight, uh, we'll start the sanding process. And when we let it dry, it just helps it shape to that block, and it's going to provide us uh, with a better build in the long run. And we'll just work this until we get it nice and smooth. So the three most popular colors are Sahara, Silver Belly, and Black. Everyone looks good in the Sahara and the Silver Belly. Um, a lot of people like the black hats, but I sometimes think it looks kind of harsh, um, depending on your skin tone. But I also sell the customer whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Do people ever come in with their own little thing they want on their hat? They do. We have a lot of people bring in um, family heirlooms, little pins that were their grandmothers, a strip from their wedding dress, patch from their grandfather's Please. uniform. We have a lot of people incorporate things from their children, whether it's a feather they collected or a little cross from their baptism. We'll stick as little or as much on the hats as you'd like. So now we're just ironing the crown. This is going to help us get the fur laying in the same direction and once again, nice and smooth. So right now we're just trying to create a good brim break. Okay. And if you short one step, uh, you're going to end up messing up in the long run. So it's it takes a lot of time to create a really nice, high quality finished hat. Start to finish, what kind of time frame are we talking? I say about eight hours of hands-on work. Some are a little faster, some take longer. You just have to read the felt. Um, you don't want to see light spots, dark spots. Uh, we use a few different tricks to cover some things up if they do mess up. Um, and then we'll take it, stick it in this plater. This is 300 degrees. Um, we'll leave it in here for about 15 minutes. And if we leave a light color in here too long, it'll burn. Oh wow! That's a really sad day, so I can't get the felt Ooh. like I'd like. Um, so we try to make sure we pay attention and hear that timer go off. And I have a lot of people come in, uh, they'll bring their friends or their family, they'll make an afternoon um, and create the hats together. And then when they pass it on to the next generation, the, they'll talk about, well, I went down there with my girlfriends and created these hats for our 40th birthday. Or so uh, I've had grandparents bring in their grandchildren to create hats. And while you're in here, uh, you're spending time with each other and that's one thing that we don't do a lot of yep. anymore. We are very disconnected through social media. You'll be looking at your phone instead of looking at the person in front of you. When we take it out of the plater, we'll uh, let it dry for a second and then we'll cut it to whatever brim width you want. Most Western hats will cut to four and a quarter, four and a half. And then if you want something a little shorter, um, I call it a fashion hat or a tailgating hat that's about three to three and a half inch brim and then a fedora two and three quarter two inches we'll cut it to whatever brim width you'd like do you help give counsel to that if somebody's like I don't know what looks good on my face I do I've okay. kind of gotten to where I can look at somebody and say hey let's do I always let them give me their opinion but if they're back and forth I'll say this looks good on you um, and when I start talking about three inch brim, three and a half, some people are just clueless about that. So we'll, I always leave it a little longer to begin with and then we'll cut it down as okay. we see fit. That's only one of the steps that we can't undo. When we cut it, it's gone. So after we cut it, it's square on the edges. We want to round those. A nice finished hat has rounded edges. So we'll work all the way around that hat and then we'll sand the bottom of the brim and the top of the brim. We want it to match the crown. We'll use three different grits of sandpaper and then we'll iron in between each step. Take that band block, chalk center, and then we'll bring it over here and cut a sweatband that says inspired by the West, made in the South. That's exactly what these hats are. If I didn't go out West, I would have never found this. And uh, that time that I spent there is such a great memory for me and a time that I really, I got to grow up and um, kind of figure out who I was as an individual and turn into who I am now.
Ends, and then we'll take it to the white machine and we'll put the curl stitch through it. Have these little made in Mississippi tags because we're proud to be made in the U.S. and proud to be made right here in Crystal Springs. And then with the black machine, I'll sew the sweatband to the hat. And that's when it's that open crown. So having all of this, this equipment allows us to um, really make a well-finished hat. If I was hand sewing the sweatband to the hat, it would take about an hour. And with that machine, I can do it in about two minutes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's very efficient. When you very first started, have you upgraded a lot of equipment since you first started, or did you start pretty well stocked? Um, I started pretty well stocked. I had a good relationship with some people in the industry, and a lot of people will look online and think, oh, this is easy. I could figure this out. And trying to find, that's one of the things that comes along with being a hat maker is trying to find the equipment and there's a lot of trade secrets oh, <laughs> and hat makers like being the only hat makers where they are so and you um, are not yes. only the first but the only mm -hmm. but we've been uh, very blessed to be able to double all of our equipment besides the finger blocker since we've gotten started and that has allowed us you know to have double equipment we can produce more so good. Um, and the three of us make a pretty good team when we're all in here working together so so from there we'll take that hat it's the open crown shape and we'll try on different colors and different sizes and then decide which one fits best for you so you're around Alyssa's around and Rose is also around um, but that's what's going to provide the more comfortable fit over time the long oval uh, was probably squeezing a uh -huh. little bit on the sides yeah and you're gapping kind of a lot in the back so that's I can look and kind of see um, that that's what you are and from there we would take the hat and I would start shaping it to whatever style that you like most people like a teardrop like color too I'm kind of um, surprised with a pencil curl that pencil curl just says hey I'm custom I love to do it off-centered um, mine typically starts over my left ear and then I pull it a little more forward on the right side on my personal hats um, but then we also can make it a little more Western looking. This is a hunting club shape. This is what a lot of men that. like. It, that teardrop, dip in the front, dip in the back. Short enough rim that they can uh, shoot a shotgun um, with the hat on for some sporting clays. Another shape that people like is the Alice crown. This yes. is named after um, one of my customers who really has supported me since the beginning. Miss Alice, I love her to death. Um, and that shape is fun and different, and that's just a flat brim. And you came up with that just for her? Well, I shaped it for myself, and then she came in and gifted me a vintage hat block and a stand that had been in her house. And she said, I think you would enjoy that's this. Cool. So that's actually uh, the stand that I use to take my pictures on. Another shape that's popular, this is a traditional cattleman. Uh, this is what most grandfathers wear, um, but a lot of true Western lifestyle people will also wear. Um, we can shape any of them to whatever style that you like. Some people will come in, they'll get one that's flat, come back a few weeks or months later and want one that's a little different. Um, or some people just build the same hat over and over, just a different color. So fun. And then from there, we'll pick out your different ribbons. I love textures 
uh, different textures on the hat. So you can pick vintage hat ribbon or some of the fun raw edge looking uh, material. We've got leather. I think a piece of leather suede on the bottom creates a nice clean look to find satin pieces, uh, velvet, leather. It's up to you and then that's when you'll start adding your personal things if you bring them and after that we'll brand it. So we have a bunch of different brands. We have a lot of states, alphabet numbers. Do they all get the ML somewhere though? They do. I hope. Um, there's, <laughs> the ML goes underneath on the right side if you're looking down at the hat and uh, a lot of the hats don't, the, my first line of hats did not have my brand I, for some reason was very shy about putting my brand on the hat and then people will come back in and they're like oh i want to add your brand to my hat and i say keep that the way it is because that means you got one early early, early on, on. Uh, i don't think i started branding them until maybe january february last year okay so but we're still a very new business um after that we'll bring it well, i will ask you do you want to incorporate any feathers i say do you hunt does your husband hunt and some say yes some say no i think a hat without a feather is bad luck so we could add just a really small one uh, at least have it in the hat while you're here and if you don't like feathers pick it out when you leave but i like to glue together some little plumes and it just sets the hat off um, and then we'll stick a liner in there it says ml provisions handmade goods and that just creates a very clean, sleek looking inside mm -hmm. of the hat. So you're allowed about an hour, or you're allotted an hour and 45 minutes uh, during your appointment. I can typically shape two hats during that time. And if you want to come with a larger group, I just say, please reach out, let me know, and we'll make sure we have enough time for everyone. Okay, this is so great. Pop-ups are happening. That's a great option. And you mentioned summer hats. I see some summer looking. So we just shaped those summer hats. They're great. Uh, you can dress it up, wear it out with a sundress, or if you're working in your yard or laying on the beach, uh, they're great, sturdy, durable hats. Uh, the felt, your grandmother, grandfather would tell you that felt is supposed to go up from Easter to Labor Day, but now it's 2023 and people wear white pants year round. So the felt definitely gets hot here in the summertime, yeah. um, but it is, uh, you can wear it year round and people say, well, do you wear it year round? I said, well, the hat maker has to wear a felt right. year round if I want other people to wear it. That's right. Oh, Mary Landrum, this is beautiful to see your handiwork. Well, thank you. I, I enjoy it. I'm thankful to be back in Mississippi and my time out west definitely inspired me and got me to where I am today. I made a ton of friends there and I love to look back and think of all the things that I got to do that some people will never, never be able to do and I got to live it every day. Uh, but right. it's good to be back and working alongside my sister and Rosa and having my family close by uh, and the whole community and state of Mississippi has really done a great job of promoting me and uh, people come in and they're just a customer and then when they leave, they leave as a friend. I get to know them during that appointment and I love when I see people out and about in my hats or if I'm passing through, um, if I'm in the airport and I see a hat. I was actually out in Wyoming um, over September at a restaurant and my sister said, look, there's one of your hats. I said, we're in Jackson Hole. That's not my hat. 
And sure enough, it was a guy that had come up from Birmingham in the same restaurant in one of my hats. So come on. There's all kinds of so God fun. winks, and yes. that was just such a fun. A God uh, wink. We say that. It too. was such a fun night when I got to see uh, that hat in the wild. That was the first time I was like, all right, this is kind of so cool. Good. Well, I know we've taken a chunk of time. Do we have time if I want a hat? Yes, yes. And we always have time to sell hats. <laughs> so y'all come down to Crystal Springs to see us get a hat. We'll send you over to Gibbs and Learned for dinner. You could go to Natchez, um, down to Ocean Springs on the coast. Mississippi Delta is such a pretty place. Um, but y'all come check Mississippi out. Well, thank y'all for uh, having me on the podcast. It's been fun talking to y'all. Thank you, Mary Landra.